From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This 22. is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. For all of those who are asking, <laughs> where were you? Um, there was a case of COVID, a trip to Puerto Rico, a hangout with friends that excluded two of us. But why waste my breath saying anything other than we're back and we missed you? Welcome to a long overdue edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 249. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me as always is the man who has a sharp tongue, a swollen head, but a heart of gold. He is Mike, also known as MFG. I'm willing to sell it for whatever the highest ounce I can get for that heart of gold. <laughs> I was about to say, which one you sound, but then you said heart of gold. I, like, right. I also have a testicle of platinum, if that matters to anybody. Anybody? anybody? Hard, hard pass. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. You never know. You should, you should be checking for other things if, if you got a testicle that's made of something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know what you're here for. You are here. Your heart testicles? Besides the platinum testicles, of course. <laughs> that, that always brings me, you know, you, you come for the conversation, you stay for the platinum testicle. Um, <laughs> besides that, we have to find out about the horror movies where black people live till the end. Oh, okay. So um, horror movies where black people don't die. Got yeah, it. something like that. Yeah. But it's an act that's so exclusive, we don't even know if Jonathan Majors will be involved anymore. Wow. <laughs> it took us that long for us to have a Jonathan Majors joke? My goodness. <laughs> All right, here we go. For those of you that still aren't in the know almost a year later, um, I'm going to give a really good description of a movie. And you're going to have to uh, name the actor or actress that plays the character I mentioned and the name of the film. It's a twofer. Right. <laughs> and then we usually go over. So <laughs> That's true. All right, here we go. Alexa Woods leads a team of scientists through Antarctica to locate a heat source in a mysterious pyramid only to be caught in the crossfire of an ancient battle between two extraterrestrial species in this 2004 sci-fi action horror film. Ah, one part's going to be easy. The other part is not. But we'll find that out after the quick news. I'm kind of standing here a little slack-jawed because I'm like, I have no clue. Usually I have one. This has been the segment that Mike has done where I've got one or the other, or maybe I've gotten both. I, I have nothing. Mm, mm, mm. We're going to rely on you, other illustrious hosts. And to introduce this other illustrious host, he's the man who also has a heart of gold and a motorcycle of chrome. He is RT Squared, Rob the Tech. No, no, I, I rubbed uh, sandpaper on all the chrome on my bike. I do not like shiny things. Now, when you say sandpaper, are you talking about your arms? Uh, no, no, <laughs> that's more like a buffing kind of. So. Gotcha, gotcha. And by shiny things, what about that bald head? Oh, yeah, I definitely buff that down so there's, there's no shine. Mike, actually, you're outnumbered with bald heads versus you know, people with And I will accept that. <laughs> I can blind people with this baldness. <laughs> so the other day, I was playing my PlayStation Portal while I was playing uh, Portal on the PlayStation Portal. A portal opened up, and I fell through the portal and then just ended up back in my room. It was a really weird portal. Um, Did someone say something about a portal? I don't know, <laughs> but as I finished the game Portal and I won, the computer that was uh, about to kill me and not give me any cake said uh, a weird thought to me, and I was like, what? The thought that she said to me was, um, ejaculation 
is just like a massive data leak. <laughs> I, I think, I, right? I, wow. When you think about it, right? Because what is what is in oh the sperm, but if not information, that creates a human being, right? I'm, I'm slack-jawed again. But only some of the information. <laughs> it's just half, half, exactly. But it's a massive data leak, right? It is. Right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't he jump into a portal that gets right to the point? <laughs> I, I tried one of those. They're not as fun. Oh, my They're God. They're not as fun, though. <laughs> oh, Daddly. Hope that's the last time we hear about that one. <laughs> so, I mean, to, so for today's show. I'm just curious. Was the cake a lie? Oh, here we go. It always is a lie. <sighs> oh, boy. Unless you get to the secret end screen. Ooh, is there cake? Strawberry shortcake. Oh, yeah. my. Okay. All right. All right. For those of us who are lost, let's keep moving it forward and talk about today's show, which is the perfect example of overlooking. And what I mean by that is that us three here, we, um, we, we, we look at everything we reviewed so far. And then somebody mentioned this DC movie. We were like, wait, we didn't review that one already. <laughs> but was this movie glanced over accidentally or no. for a good reason? This question and many others will be answered as we discuss the DC feature movie of Blue Beetle. But first, there's a lot in the geek. <laughs> wow. Excuse me. Sorry, I, I, I was going to say that was me. <laughs> but first, there's a lot in geek current events that we need to catch up on. And Mike will give it to you with a little MFG spin. So here he is, Mike and his quick news. And now, the quick news, brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that quick news intro was brought to you by DNA, the National Dyslexia Association. Ooh. <laughs> okay, that one caught me off guard. I was like, wait, that doesn't... Oh, I get it. <laughs> All right, Mike, it's been a while since we've been together, so I can imagine you've had a lot of quick news to pick up on, but you probably zeroed in on some really important ones. What you got? Well, it's been so long that the quick news I have is past, so. It's called old news? <laughs> so, no, I just left it go. All righty. Uh, because nobody asked for it, and if they did, they got crap in return, uh, Marvel Comics will, again, give the definitive Nightcrawler origin story. Written by Cy Spurrier and uh, with art from Wilton Santos and Marcus, uh, Marcus Two, X-Men Blue Origins number 1 sets out to weave together all the rewrites, confusion, and speculation into a single issue. Marvel assures that readers can read the issue without prior knowledge and be given all that they will need to know in order to understand the new history. X-Men Blue Origins number one was released on November 29th, so, you know, pick it up and tell us what you think. <laughs> okay, now... If I'm correct, because this is the Nightcrawler origin story, right? Mm -hmm. This is the whole controversial thing with Mystique, correct? Right. I mean, I think that's still the same, the same. But like the, I don't, I, I haven't read it, so I don't know if he's still going to be, if they're going to go down that uh, as as a crap or. I, okay. Do you want me to do a Ralph? Because I already know what it's about. Oh, please. Okay. Uh, it's a spoiler to the audience, even though I told you to just go buy it. Okay, so you, you can fast forward in, in 30 seconds because I'm going to make it short. Three, two, one, spoilers. Um, and he never makes anything short. They're basically saying that um, they're, they're rewriting it that, um, oh, what's her name? Um, Mystique and Destiny mm -hmm. were, I guess, together. They were. That's well, that's old news. But but they're but they're saying that they like they were kind of like the one raising um, Nightcrawler. It had a, so basically, they're adding this. But who's time. the father? They, they they they're changing it around. So they're saying, well, it was supposed to be Azazel, but I, but I, I, it's confusing. But 
a lot of people are up in arms, and I guess because of the lesbian relationship, they go, oh, well, that wasn't intended, and, and all this wokeness, and I go, you know, Chris Claremont totally intended to right. write it this way. Yeah, I mean, that's also been established. I mean, that was established years ago that Mystique said that they went out, you know, and were they doing some kind of like detective thing? I don't know what was going on. Well, well, well I mean, they added a whole bunch of things that, that um, I guess, Xavier had wiped their memories. Oh, please. So they went to Xavier all distraught, and, and, and part of it is that you know they wiped he wiped both their memories right. so they could be able to like coexist with each other. I'm oh, like Jesus. So wait, who's the father? Wait, we, well, the the spoiler that is not being spoiled is we don't know still. He doesn't right. remember. Right. Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know why? Because I focus more on what, what the people are up in arms about that I forgot to get that piece of information, so you can still buy it. <laughs> So, by the way, if you did forward, fast forward 30 seconds ahead, you notice you're still hearing that. I, I warned you. So, do they go to Jerry Springer and they have, like, the envelope and they're like, you know, boom. Jerry Springer is gone, bro. I know. But not in the comics. I guess. I guess you're right. Might be. If Stan Lee's in the comic, then obviously Jerry Springer could be in the comic. Exactly. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how they're going to redo um, Nightcrawler's origin. I mean, they've done a lot of rewrites, especially with Warren McTaggart, and they did all that stuff. So. Oh, don't even get me started with what they've done more. We'll talk about that in another episode. We should do a whole episode on how they've changed the X-Men for good and for bad. So Yeah. Especially with the new show coming out. What else you got, Mike? All righty. Uh, last but not least, here's something that starts out straightforward, then ends in a mystery. Disney settles with the Ditko estate regarding the rights to some superheroes. Uh, Way back, not that way back, in 2021, Ditko's brother, Patrick Ditko, filed a notice with the United States Copyright Office to terminate Marvel Entertainment's rights to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Mm. Ditko's estate used the Copyright Act of 1976, which allows inheritors to revoke the license of intellectual property once granted to another party to take back the rights of two of Marvel's most popular characters. Now, um... While Walt Disney would still own Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, if it lost in court, the company would have to pay the character's co-owners. There's also, it, there's a lot more involved. Like, for instance, they um, Patrick Ditko would have to prove that this was not work for hire, blah, 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 blah. But surprisingly, without having had proven that, it said that word on the street is that the legal teams of Disney and Ditko's estate ended their battle and court paperwork was filed on December 6, 2023. The details of uh, Disney and Ditko's settlement still remain shrouded in mystery, um, but there are whispers that the agreement was beneficial to both parties. So it's very interesting because Disney, you know, would not give a dime if they didn't have to. So right. there must have been some amount that Ditko must have been able to prove that they don't fully own that right. And Disney was probably like, oh, we'll give you some money. <laughs> because right. could you imagine if they were like, yeah, I now own the rights of Spider-Man. You can't do anything with Spider-Man anymore. <laughs> that would be that would be quite the blow, especially after they. I mean, Disney just got Spider-Man rights back to a degree. Imagine just Spider-Man as a whole, the, the entire property. Oh my goodness! Yes, I'm, that, they're turning the upside down. I'm sure the conversation kind of went like this. Okay, you guys. <laughs> so, uh, you're my lawyers. What are you gonna tell me? What he has? What the pictures of what? Okay, he's what in a trap? <laughs> <laughs> Give him some money. <laughs> and that's RT Square as Mickey Mouse. <laughs> or was that Mickey Mouse's RT Square? Uh, we'll never know. <laughs> the world may never know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, that's an interesting I, I mean that's an interesting take on uh, on um uh 
that whole legal thing, which I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know that thing was going on. I knew it was going on with... It was part of my quick news two years ago. Two years ago, dude. You know how many things we've done two years ago? We were in a pandemic two years ago. <laughs> we were bar- bar- barely getting good Wi-Fi service. I, could, I was talking over you more than I do already. <laughs> That's true, and it, none of it was interesting. <laughs> wow. We were recording two years ago? Oh, there we go. Exactly. Oh, that, that's totally consistent. <laughs> so wait, that's all your quick news? That is all the quick news. All, all right, and before we get to Mike's hint again, so we can try to guess and fail. Ralph, you have any quick news? Um, uh, yes. Ooh. What's this guy's name? Uh, something. Great actor, Shepard. Mm-hmm. Uh, his... Shepard. Shepard. Matt Shepard? Yes. Yes, Matt Shepard. Who the hell is Matt Shepard? Is it Matt Shepard? I don't know. Is this Supernatural Crowley? Oh, um, I think it's actually Matt Shepard. Right? Oh, what that, what that about him? weird. Uh, <laughs> I was just making it up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we were so unprepared today. <laughs> uh, we're very prepared. Well, for uh, fans were um, uh, kind of like worried when he posted it in, in an Instagram post that he had had five massive heart attacks back to back. Oh my gosh! And, but he's luckily he's recovering well, and his wife did like the best thing, called nine one one, and was there with him and making sure that he was okay, and provided uh, CPR. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because he couldn't remember his pin number and where he left the will. Yes. <laughs> hey, everybody's got motivation for for, for doing certain things. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm, I was so happy when I read that. I was like, what? And then they were, and then you see a picture of him and he's okay, and I'm like. Wow. <laughs> Maybe he really did sell his soul to a demon. Wow. My goodness. I know I was happy, though, because I like that guy. Well, I'm glad you, you brought happy quick news and not death. Speaking of the harbinger of death, Mike, I believe you have um, you have to repeat that thing for us about black people not dying in horror films. I was about to say, what death? Who died? Was it me? No, you're always <laughs> bringing up death. Ralph said, this person, here's quick news. He almost died, but he's okay. This, you're like, death. I know, but this is where, this is, you know, horrors and thrillers where black people don't die yeah. in the end. Either way, either way, you're dealing death somewhere. All right, so one more time for the hose at home. Here is your clue. Alexa Woods leads a team of scientists through Antarctica to locate a heat source in a mysterious pyramid only to be caught in the crossfire of an ancient battle between two extraterrestrial species in this 2004 sci-fi action horror film. Okay, I think I got the film now because I had to really sit there and think about it. It was so easy the moment he said Alien versus Predator. Okay. And I don't know the actress because I didn't watch the movie. Nobody will know the name. Okay. Ralph? Stop stroking your beard because nobody can see it. Oh, that's true. I forgot this is audio only. Yes, Yes, only for 10 years. Captain Deadair. You're the other captain, (laughs) Captain Deadair. Can they hear that? Um, so the movie is Alien versus Predator. I just said that. Uh, it's like an echo chamber, but yes. Okay. Both of you are good. And the actress, mm-hmm. her name starts with an S. Or it doesn't. It does. Her last name? It starts with a letter L. Possibly. Sonia Lathan? Yes. Exactly. Shut up. <laughs> are you serious? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy, I was totally. <laughs> you guys are punking me. Okay, no, I'm done. Seriously, that's what it is. Sonia Lathan. Oh you can tell who I have on the mind, Sonia Lathan. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. That is really funny. That was pretty funny. And we'll probably never do it like that again. You're welcome. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to get it. I mean, no, I did not know. Yeah, of course you didn't. You were like, the cap's done. <laughs> Well, well, now that we had that little bit of joy, now let's talk about a movie that maybe brought joy, or maybe not so much joy. Let's <laughs> let's go. Let's talk about what we're here for today, which is to discuss the DC um, feature presentation of Blue Beetle, and with a synopsis. 
is MFG Mike the Finance Guy? I have no intro. I'm just really curious to hear the synopsis. My synopsis is always wonderful and unbiased. And snippy. <laughs> always unbiased. Snippy. Anyhow, Blue Beetle is the what number film in the DCEU? Oh. Come on. Come on. Isn't it reset now because it's yeah. gum? Nope. It's, so it's number nope. one. It's number one. Nope. I'm number one. <laughs> no. Uh, Blue Beetle is the 14th film in the DCEU superhero universe. The protagonist is based off of the, uh, the DC Comics character, Jaime Reyes, who was created by Keith Giffen, John Rogers, and Cully Hamner, and was introduced without powers in Infinite Crisis number 3, way back in February of 2006, and as the human-alien-scarab hybrid in Infinity Crisis number 5, April of 2006. The character Jaime Reyes is the third individual to assume the Blue Beetle identity, beginning with Dan Garrett, created by Charles uh, Wojtkowski, and introduced in the Fox Comics publication, Mystery Men Comics number one, way back in August of 1939, before Fox Comics was bought by Charleston Comics. Then it was followed by Charleston Comics' Ted Cord, created by Steve Ditko, that's how this all comes together, uh -huh. and introduced in Captain Adam number 83 in November of 1966. And that was before Charleston was purchased by DC Comics in the mid-80s. Uh, the Blue Beetle film follows the origin story of a young, first-generation Mexican-American college graduate who accidentally becomes fused with a sentient alien device of vast powers. The movie had a budget of $104 million, and uh, here's the chance of their sequel. Uh, it has a box office of $72 million domestic wow. and a total combined worldwide of $129 million on $104 million. Not, uh, yeah. not as bad as it was opening opening night because opening that opening is a weekend was... complete failure of money. That's basically zip. <laughs> okay, um, it's uh, yeah, it, it broke even. it was twenty five million out of a hundred opening weekend. So. Yeah, the, the film is, is considered a major box office flop for the uh, Warner Brothers pictures. Well, Blue, no. Yeah. Uh, Blue Beetle has a Rotten Tomatoes rating, though, of 78% with an audience of 91% of confused idiots and an IMDb weighted average of 60 out of 100. We're going to fight, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, a little synopsis time. Uh, Palmer City has a new hero in town, albeit with the same name as its former hero, but with a much darker complexion. Fresh out of college and fresh out of luck, Jaime Reyes returns to his hometown of Palmera City to find his family financially insolvent, about to lose their home and a father with a heart condition. But after a run-in with Jenny, the wealthy daughter of missing industrialist and former superhero Ted Cord, uh, Jaime is aggressively linked to a sentient intergalactic scarab-shaped device and wackiness ensues. Uh, hunted by Victoria Cord, who wants to use the scarab's data in order to create an army of OMAC fighters, the Mexican Marvel champions through lazy script writing, nearly insulting stereotypes, and cringy dialogue in order to save his family, save the girl, and save his life. Unfortunately, I didn't have someone to read the synopsis to save me my time. Wow. <laughs> All righty. It's starring Zolo uh, Maridueña as Jaime Reyes, a.k.a. the Blue Beetle, Bruno Marquezine uh, as uh, Jenny Cord, Belisa Escobedo as Malagra Reyes, Adriana Barraza as Nana, that's the grandmother. Uh, De uh, Damien Alcazar as Roberto, I'm sorry, Alberto Reyes. Alpidia Carrillo as Rocia Reyes. That was the mother. I didn't know if her name was ever given. I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, Susan Sarandon as Victoria Cord. Thank God, an English name. No, uh, <laughs> Raul Max Trujillo as uh, Ignacio Carapax. Uh, George Lopez as Rudy Reyes. Uh, Harvey Gu um, Guillain as uh, Dr. Jose Francisco Morales Rivera de la Cruz, a.k.a. Sanchez, <laughs> and Becky G as the voice of Kajida. 
All right. So let's get into it. Blue Beetle. And before we even get into it, let's press that spoiler button we pay so much money for. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Ah, and that stuffy spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of the Not So Stuffy Stush Productions. Oh my God. What's that stuck on your back? Oh, it's Stush. Dun, 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 stush. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now, before we even get into this movie, let me ask Mike a question, and it's rhetorical. He doesn't have to answer it, but <laughs> Mike said, Susan Sarandon, thank goodness, an English name. Why did you just have Ralph read half the names? Ralph's got the best accent out of us three, and he's Latin like I am. Yeah, but if he read it because he's Dominican. He would have read it in 1.5 seconds, and no, <laughs> nothing would have been heard <laughs> at all. <laughs> it, it, the audience would have heard, beep. <laughs> no, this but all true. the Latin audience would have totally understood. Only from the Dominican. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay. All right. So let's get into it. Blue Beetle. Now, I knew that this was going to be a point in contention because Mike has already mentioned how he had felt about it earlier. Not really, because we tend to not talk about, and this is just a little bit behind the curtain, me and the guys rarely talk about a movie we're going to review beforehand unless we watch it together. And even then, we're like, how was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Or no, I didn't like that. And then we keep it really zip-lipped. Really, it's just to get away from them. I can't stand these two guys. Right. <laughs> you can always tell what Mike's thinking because he has a little notebook while he's watching movies and then he's furiously just writing in it rapidly like a teenage Not girl. Not between those chuckles that he does. Right <laughs> in her journal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's, so let's talk about it. Okay, so this is the first movie technically under James Gunn's new DC umbrella of movies. But unlike the tone of the Snyderverse and the Nolan films, much like some of the films that were coming out, the vibe is a little bit lighter. How did you guys feel about the overall tone of the film? Was it something that they shouldn't have st stayed away from, or do you, was it something that kind of worked? I feel that they decided on a family-friendly theme and said, let's stick with that. Make it wholehearted and uh, uh, not too much. Uh, I don't even think you see any blood in this thing. You do. Where? Um, well, Sanchez in the, in the explodes in the lab. I was like, in the lab. That's yeah. the one thing I was like, oh. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, see, my, my thing is the tone is fine. It was just inconsistent. And I, that, I, that I have that. a problem with it. I definitely I have a problem with that. that. But I mean, I've seen that before. And DC particularly seems to have, I mean, Marvel has it at times, but DC specifically seems, because they, they keep, well, gritty? No, no, we'll make it humorous. Okay, well... Normally, they still do it wrong, but this one, they were like, okay, we're going to be 99% humorous and then still need gritty. And I'm like, or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Purple guy was in there? I'm sorry? Oh, my goodness. Right, Greedy from McDonald's? That's Grimace. Oh, my bad. <laughs> gritty. <laughs> then who am I thinking of? <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I will agree with Mike. I didn't think I was going to agree with him so soon. But yes, I agree that the, the tone was very uneven because it starts off very lighthearted, very introducing the family. And without getting into the... the um, the whole movie just set, it definitely has dips and valleys and peaks where it's funny, 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 slapstick, almost to, to the point of stupid, and then goes to this really, not dark place, but you're like, wow, what are you trying to insinuate here? What are you trying to talk about here? Right. And this is supposed to be for the family, so I'm like, I'm a, I, I, I do agree that it's a little inconsistent, even though it's supposed to be a little, you know. Would you call it a seesaw? Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Because it's like, you know. Mm -hmm. when, Let's start with our protagonist. Now, do you understand why I'm trying to get away from them after the movie? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you love it. All right. So let's start with our protagonist, Jaime Reyes. Um, 
<laughs> I found it interesting that they used him coming out of college as the starting point for him to be the Blue Beetle. I know in the comic, it's much earlier. Yes. How did you feel about this idea to make the choice of, he's 22 out of college, um, and then he has all this stuff with the um, with the Scarab? I, I feel that there was no way they can get that actor to look like he's still in high school. So they're like, we might as well make him look like he's a college student who just graduated. You mean like like five, uh, 55-year-old Andrew Garfield in high school? <laughs> or 45-year-old um, Tobey Maguire? <laughs> and 42-year-old Emma, Emma Stone. And when they, they all graduated, I'm like, college? And they're like, oh my God, it's high school? <laughs> you couldn't even get junior college out of that, out of those looks. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they they've learned their lessons. Yeah, and cool. they said, you know what, like this, we'll make him a college student. And I I feel that this is actually, oh, it it makes for better storytelling down the road because w- with the whole you know going to high school and being a superhero thing, it's been done before many sure. times. And Name the- one. <laughs> one thousand. I got you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Name one. It's not Spider Man. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll wait. How much time do you have? <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Um, I've had no problem. It didn't matter one way or the other. His high school thing is unimportant. It's, it's, even in the comics, it was unimportant. I mean, you know, they try and do younger in the comics just because I think they think it's relatable to younger audience that don't buy the comic in the beginning. Um, but yeah, here it was, it was completely a non-starter. They could have said he was in high school. They could have said he was in college. They could have said he was 30 years old with a mortgage and a kid. It really <laughs> did not matter to the actual story. I'll know? say this. I battled with it a little bit in my head only because I feel like the reason why you introduce a younger, a younger hero is because a lot of the errors they make in their beginning mm-hmm. of their origin can be excused to an experience as just life in general. Right. Yeah. Not only to the hero life, but life itself. Right. So you can say, oh, he's 16. Oh, he's going to do something like that. He's going to say right. something like that. And I know that there's parts in here where I'm like, yeah, that would have been more for a 16-year-old than for a 22-year-old. Oh, you mean like all of the Spider-Man quips that they thought were cute and they just weren't? Oh, oh hey, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, you got to stop. Oh, oh. There was and a I'm couple. Like, you know, that didn't even bother me. It was like some of the things he was like, when he was with the girl, even though the girl is supposed to be, you know, a little more mature hey, in, in regards. She has a name. Jenny. There you go. Yes. But I think she's older. I think she's, she's closer to 30, like, like, 28-ish. No, I think she's like 25. But Well, she but, was eight when Cord kind of disappeared, and I think it's supposed to be about 20 years later, approximately. I got to check that out. But, but I mean, which also works towards the narrative. We don't want anybody younger than 20, you know, dating somebody who's still close to 30. Um but yeah, that was the only thing I, that I was like, when it came to the age, I was like, wow, it's interesting they chose him coming out of college. But I think it ties into a lot of the new generation Mexican versus old generation, mm-hmm. you know, immigrant, that whole thing of what okay. is success? What right. is, you know, and, and and let's get into it. They lean into the family thing a lot. Well, but the thing is, that, like you said, it would have been interesting had they done exactly what you said, leaned into the new versus old Mexican immigrant, blah, 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 first generation. They didn't. Yeah, they did. Not, not really. I mean, it's, 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 say, it's a say. side, it's a side notice. It's really, because they, they just jump right into the uh, Mexican family in America in 1980. Right. I mean, it's not set in 1980. That's just what it feels like. It, it just feels like, okay, America, here's the first time we're going to have a, a Mexican family on film. I'm like, or not. This is 2023. Uh, I've my biggest complaint about anything to deal with that family, and I think I said this ages ago after I'd seen it, is that if take every single thing that happened, everything that the family did, all the 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 little oddities, the things that are oh it's supposed to be funny because you know they're they're from this, they're this other country, whatever, or they're poor, da da da. 
make the family black, make all of the things they talk about black, and everybody would be like, oh my God, this is, this is borderline racist because we've, we've lived through that. This is 2023. I should not be, I don't even know what you, it's not black exploitation. I don't even know what you call this one. It's, it's, it's the same, oh, you know, they were black, they're poor, so they don't know how to act around people with money. They, they, they hoot and holler. They, they, they don't know how to act in society properly, so that makes them cool. Da, 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 da. I don't look at it that way. But that's I, exactly what they I, did. I, here's, what, here's what I'll say. I'll say that culturally they're different, and that is something that's real. As, as somebody who's, you know, who's got, you know, like, my, like my, my parents were born in the States, but my grandmother wasn't. And there's a thing about, you know, how you celebrate success like the whole thing with like now, the, now don't get me wrong i think there were some things that were overdone like the celebration of jaime going for his job and walking right. in and them doing the whole loud latin thing is it a little bit overdone yes but is it something that i can relate to absolutely it's uh, you know especially when you're talking about american-born first or second generation latin you know person walking into a situation and my family who's not it's like, oh my goodness, like, why are you making a big deal? I'm just going, you know, it was overplayed, but it was totally relatable. I, I totally feel like it wasn't yeah. as much of a stereotype as I can see people feeling that way, but I didn't take it like that at all. Well, see, my thing is I don't see it as a stereotype. I see it as this is the, it's the again, it's the same thing they did with blacks. It's the, because it's not that blacks did those things. They were there saying that like, oh, this is what uh, white America expects out of them. Like in other words, that they can't, uh, they can't behave, that they can't just be real people. Uh, you know, like, like let's put it this way. Disney, I mean, sorry, Disney, DC did what DC does, even in the comics. Like, again, like, uh, like I guess you before. Yeah. So like, like when Wally, uh, Wally West, White Wally West, the original Kid Flash. White, it's yes. funny. We he, actually, white he, West. he was yeah. in high school. You know, he was just a normal, good student. Yes, please. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Blah, 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 blah. All his career. All his career. That's just how he always has been when he grew up. Right. They decided to make him black. First time we're introduced to Wally West, the black Wally West, he is spray painting tagging um, on the side of a building. Oh, yeah. Barry does not realize that that's um, uh, Iris's. Iris's nephew because we haven't met Iris yet because she's now going to be black. But he doesn't realize that's her nephew. So Wally takes him in to arrest him for spray painting. So now it's a black kid tagging. Mm, Barry. A uh, Barry, what did I say? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Barry um, takes him in to be arrested. Um, and that's when Iris comes in. She's like, oh, da, 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 da. And then we find out, oh, you know, Barry, you know, have the thing. You know, I'm taking care of my nephew because his father ran out on him and his mother's a drug addict. That was DC's like, oh, let's be real. And, and that's what it feels like here. Whereas think about this. What did Marvel and, and Marvel's never for the most part. I'm not saying they have a mistake. I can't think glaringly. But like Black Panther movie. Was he eating ribs all the time? What, was he was he was he talking about smacking some booty? But I, I mean, <laughs> you know, he did have a thing of fried chicken within arm's reach. Oh my, just gosh. always there, right? Always <laughs> there, right? Right with the grape soda. Yeah. Right, yeah. No, I mean, but that's my whole point, though. Is I'm just saying that it's like this is what I'm talking about. I'm not saying obviously Jaime Reyes is not a king of a country. I'm just saying that. But also, I remember Jaime Reyes. But 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 see, the difference and the big difference is that um, what you just described as the example of Wally West. They didn't do that to Jaime. I mean, I agree. There are some, you know, because well, they Jaime, didn't do that to him. They, they did, did that to well, his. Well, well, no. I felt they well, did Jaime, to his family. You know? Well, his his father mostly his mom and, and, and the uncle because the sister was totally and the revolutionary grandma. And the, but that, that <laughs> out of nowhere, <laughs> like like with no was, backstory to this. I, I was okay know? with that because you know I know 
that's the movie I want to see. Oh my God. <laughs> Nana, the revolution. I, I'll, I'll just say, I understand what Mike's saying, that some of it is um, over-exaggerated and I'll... I'll I, Embellished. I, but but I, I think that a lot of people in the Latin community didn't take it as... I won't speak for everybody, but I'll say people that I spoke to who are Latin, who saw the movie, had no problem with it. Because, right, and neither did blacks until time took on. Because, again, it's one of these things. It was like, oh, we're, we're, we're there. We're being represented. It, it's cool because I can relate to this. And it's like, yes, I get that. But, again, history, we're, we're repeating ourselves and it's bad history. It's like, again, I'm not saying that there shouldn't have been any fun. They could have had the family be, um, again, I don't even want to call it just a more normal family. Just normal. It doesn't have to be normal American. And you could have had the odd uncle. But like they, they just stereotype the well, entire well, family. Well, the, you know? well, the dad wasn't the dad wasn't really stereotypical at all. Dad, dad was. Well, he was no. Dad was there to die. <laughs> like literally, that was the only purpose okay, of the father. Let, let's skip ahead <laughs> to that question. When did you know he was going to die? When he showed up and they said he had a heart problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like, literally, that was it. <laughs> that was literally Chekhov's gun. Yeah, right there. You know, so, you know what felt for me. It, it was it was Chekhov's hip hip disclosure. Hip disclosure. It was he wasn't that for me. For me, it was because I did hear that, and I thought maybe they'll use it as a as a plot device to like. Show, and they did. Yeah, of course they did. But I thought there would maybe like there'd be like a red herring, like he wouldn't die, and I, or at least maybe that was my hope. Because the, when I felt like oh he's dead is when he's sitting out on the porch and Jaime comes and talks to him. He goes, Dad, you didn't tell me the business was failing, and da da da. And he goes, I don't worry about it. We're always gonna make it out. And he has a speech. And I'm like, oh, he's fucking gone <laughs> and i wanted to text His positivity him. just screams death is, <laughs> is looming so i'll say this dad wasn't as much of a caricature and neither was mom but you can say you she can... also had no purpose well, like my... literally no purpose at all in the movie until she got until, no her purpose was for no reason because they've all been kidnapped they've they they're responsible for his dad's death they, they've almost killed him but yet he still needed mom to go go kick their asses yeah and i'm like did, yeah. You needed this, <laughs> you know. Like, no, listen, I agree with that. On the list of best pep talks ever told in movies, that's not even on there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I really thought that was going to go another way. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: when it comes, um, I agree with Mike in the sense, and I don't know how you feel. A lot of this writing, there are parts where you're like, "Well, who's writing this?" Oddly enough, somebody that's Mexican. <laughs> That that shocked me. I had to look it up because I'm like, it felt like a white guy wrote this. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> so um, I did a little digging into it. Oh, boy. And, Please tell me no portals. And it is very common on um, Latin writers to uh, embellish Latin characters and, okay. and make them more over the top. I mean, well, and, what, and what, what did Tyler Perry do with Medea? In the situation. You know. yeah. So... Um, and that's not a good thing to go for, by the way. Uh, oh no, you ain't gonna tell me that. <laughs> but you see yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I had a few issues with the way, like, they did kind of make them, like, if this was a real Latin family, right? Mm -hmm. We could say the part with like the scarab, them tossing it around, probably possible could have happened, right? Although it could be really valuable, and now they're on the hook for something that costs ten million dollars. I, I would say, but not not uncommon for them to like joke around and stuff. And but once they see like that shit is like taking over him, right? Their whole for, throughout the rest of the movie, their reactions wouldn't be as carefree as they, that they were. It's one of my okay. notes, and again, I, I don't want to belabor that other point because no, that no, was no, just no. my thing. And no, I and, no, I, and no. I and I see what you're saying too, but it's just that's how it struck me. But I did want to go to what Ralph is saying there is that like their their reactions consisted of. Oh, yeah, no, and, that, and, and eh, 
Yeah. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. No, no, I, Mike, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. When when uh, when Jaime uh, goes off to to see uh, Jenny, which he conveniently finds outside of the club or, right. or whatever that was that he meets up with her, mm-hmm. and he steals um, Rudy's truck. Um, but they're, 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 like they're telling him, no, don't go, don't leave the house, don't go anywhere. And then they just start joking around. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, and, it was, and they forget that he's there, yeah, and he it was, walks away. Yeah, the writing for for everything about the family was it it was very inconsistent, and I, I was it kept pulling me in and out of the movie of a movie I was trying to get out of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I and I agree. See, I totally agree with the fact that it was inconsistent, and that there were parts that you're like, um, where you're like, well, who would say that? Or who would say that in that situation? Like the whole, like for me and and for those who listen to the podcast or don't really listen all that often, I'm not a big dick and fart guy in regards to jokes. But when the when the scare went, went first off, how do we feel about that transformation? It was kind of like whoa. It was very violent. Very violent. Very violent. However. The scarab, which has never been seen to shapeshift itself, yes. somehow seemingly entered his butthole yeah. without that, notice. That that I didn't <laughs> like. I, and I was hoping that wasn't a thing. I had to watch through. I was like, did it really enter the I mean, ball? Or we don't know, insane? but how else? I mean, it, we didn't see it like make a cut in his back or well, anything. Well, so went, you're like, went, well, it went down his back. And well, obviously what other entrance cut. is there? <laughs> Unless you go subdur, you know. You but know. then he would have been in pain from a cut. And that's what I'm saying. Like either way, he should have been in. He should have been in, in a mild pain from a cut, or a hell of a lot of pain with this six arm thing crawling up his anus. <laughs> wow. Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. You I better was, bring a lot of lube. I was blindsided by that one. <laughs> I'm back, bitches. Whoa. So, the way that it actually worked. Um, it was actually on a molecular level. It basically, you know how like the flash can like phase between uh, atoms. Mm-hmm. So Kajita scarab pretty much just like phased between the skin molecules and got in under the, the skin. I mean, that sounds nice, it's, but it, it went up his butt. <laughs> That's not nice of me. Okay, so so all right. I was trying to keep it PG, but yes, actually, it had built-in lube, and that's why it was like this ultra slick alien lube that just makes everything go whew, real yeah. quick. I'm not sure that's the, that was slick, the way it goes. Slick, like literally. All right, you, that's... You, you put a hand and the whole shoulders there. Oh, <laughs> or, or or let's just make it a little bit easier. What the scene we didn't see was that Kajita actually took him out for a nice dinner, a little wine, <laughs> seduced him, and then whoop. Exactly. <laughs> What's with that sound? That's not even that's, the way it goes. That, that's how it is. That's how it is. And this has been Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. See what happens when we're gonna do a show for a little while. Yeah, that Ralph explains it all is going to get a scarab in the worst place ever. <laughs> hey, you know, I told that guy he's not welcome here anymore. He never listens. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i mean but yeah but that was just one of the again it's not that i mean we had to see or know it was yeah. just like you glossed over this and i'm like well it's the only way it could have gotten in since you didn't explain in any other manner but i'm like so it just swooped well, well, well because well, so george, george lopez kept belaboring well, that he point. did but but jaime goes he, he's in the ass right I'm like, oh right but, but even jaime goes did it <laughs> and i'm like you would be the one to do this like, well, like you would be feeling far Far stretched and free <laughs> at this point. It, it could have gone through the front. That would hurt even more. Ooh, oh, no. <laughs> it's one of those, like, you're like, Jaime, did you not notice it went in through your butt? 
tell us about your college experiences <laughs> again. Well, his name was Raul. The biggest arm you've ever seen. <laughs> oh my gosh. They called him third leg Raul. All right, let's move let's move away from Jaime's butt for a second. And let, let me let me make a a, a little um transitional shift to a different topic. Um the villains of this movie, or the villains in quotes. And their um, butts? No, not that brother. Okay. I don't want Susan Sarandon's butt, please. <laughs> Susan you, Sarandon. Who you mean put- the mustache twirling Susan Sarandon? <laughs> okay, she was eating up way too much. I, I mean, the thing is, I mean, but it, she's I think a great it actress. I, I think mean, it, it did in certain ways. For I mean, this some, type yeah. of movie. But yeah, I mean, it, it, though it was overacted. I was just like, I expected at any point they should have like, like, you know, when they cut to her, she should have been like tying up a little old woman to a, tra- a railroad track. I was thinking she'd kick a baby <laughs> off a ledge or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but um, but I mean, oddly enough, as much as even on a second viewing, and unfortunately, I did have a second viewing, I, I, I don't know. If, I can't even say I appreciated her performance more. It's it actually doesn't hold up as well to second viewing. It's it's it is it gets cheesier feeling, even though I again I still like her, but uh, it did kind of work for this movie. I think because <laughs> it because it. The only thing about it, because it was inconsistent, it was trying to be a couple of things at the same time, and, and I had trouble with that. And I think where her is kept it kind of not hokey, but kind of kept it in that lighthearted, you know, kind of feel. Because well, she wasn't a villain with much substance, right? Right. She had no substance, but I mean, but at the same time, she was also the racist white rich woman. That's yeah. one thing I had yeah. an issue with. A uh, with, um, with going with 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 Just the the, the racist thing. Like once again. Wh- we talk about the writing and we talk about her being racist. A lot of the, it was just so ham fisted. Yeah. Even the whole part when, and I don't mean to go back to the beginning, uh, but when he's Jamie? coming, what? Oh, oh that Jamie, was the, Jamie. The, the, uh, the receptionist, Jamie. that, that made no sense in this. With the delivery is. thing. That yeah, was yeah. like, that made no sense. Well, and that's, that's the kind of thing like that also pushed it. I'm just like, like you said, like for Susan Sarant, it felt unnecessary. It's like, she's a woman of wealth and da, 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 da. she wouldn't be bothered. She she wouldn't be caring. I mean, for God's sakes, Carapax is her right hand man, and that's not to say I've got a black friend. I don't mean it in that sense. It's just like, I mean, how far are you going to push it, uh, a race element, when a guy is also Hispanic sitting next to you that's got a a, a built in armor suit that you made that could crush your head like it was a blood pits, uh, pimple, you know, like with like, apparently <laughs> unlimited ammunition. Oh, we won't even get into that yet. But, uh, but you know, so I'm like, so it, it felt weird for her. That's it, what I'm saying. In certain you know, points, that's where I was like, okay, I didn't like that. Like yeah. they were pushing, they're pushing a lot of messages. And as, and as a Latin male, I was like, okay, I can see that. But there's some things that it just felt like you just jammed that. And that looked like right. somebody said, well, you know, it'd be cool. If the secretary, you know, like like this time it because you know he was Mexican and said the delivery's over there. Meanwhile, he's in a suit. That'd be great. Yeah, it just I, felt. Yeah, it it's didn't like, fit. It's like so you're really willing to risk your job that probably plays way too much more than it should to be a receptionist to assume that some Mexican guy right. is a delivery person. Who a Mexican guy without an accent? Not that that makes a difference. What I'm saying is like. You don't know what this guy is at this right. point. <laughs> it just felt like they were reaching. It, yeah. was, it, it was reaching yeah. and it was like going for these things. They're, they're trying to force feed certain things. It's like, well, it doesn't work. Right. If, you, if you do subtlety or if you're saying maybe your audience is younger, then I get that. So you're trying to go with a little bit more deliberate messaging. But it was just like. Well, also, even and I don't want to retouch it since, you know, we already right. talked yeah, exactly. about yeah. like um, how I felt, how the family was treated. And then also with the treatment that we're talking about now, it actually would have worked better if they just said this was set in 1982 or pick a year that would have been like okay 
I get it that, you know, we, we were higher on this kind of thought here and da, 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 da. And, and again, it's not saying that people are, this people are not, yeah. right, right. We're deserving of it then, but it would have felt different than to say we're in 2023 where businesses are very sensitive about things like that. And I don't know. Right. I just, no, no, no. It. it definitely, it struck me the wrong way. And I've only brought that up because we brought up Susan Sarandon right. and Car, 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 yeah, Carpax. Yeah. What was up with that? Like, what, what do you mean? I mean, like, his, he his, was he was like the henchman until the end where he was like, oh no, he's got a whole backstory. <laughs> he has really? a whole backstory that made no difference at all and could have cared less. But I mean, you had no. I would have still care. killed him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just it. Yeah, they, they threw that in at the last possible second. Only the reason that they threw in that Carapax uh, backstory was so that Jaime Reyes had did not have to be responsible for killing either of them. Right. That's literally the it's, only it's the out, right? It's, it's the out. and it's the stupidest out. It's, I'm like, this was a horrible writing decision. I don't know if you wrote it that way and you felt proud, or if DC forced you to write it. It was a horrible writing decision. I think if you if if you write him different from the beginning, okay, but it was just like he was this, yeah, you know, like the the the, the quiet soldier who's the, the 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 head soldier and he's fighting everybody off, and then at the end, you're like, Dude, they soap operaed him. Not only did his backstory not make any difference. He had amnesia, amnesia, amnesia. Yes. They literally soap opered him. Oh, I didn't remember all this. Now I'm mad at you. Are you kidding me? This is our revelation at the end? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, random question. Yes. What's the name of the villain in Penelope Pitstop? Uh, Snidely Whiplash. Ah, okay. That's because I love When you said the, the, no the, twirling, the, the, yeah. the mustache, <laughs> I was thinking. That's what you thought of? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so what do we think about the, I mean, did Ted, did Ted, um, oh, Cord? Ted, Ted Cord actually have a daughter in the, in the comic? No. no. Okay, that's totally for the movie. All right. Yeah. I was like, he, he was a swinging bachelor. Yeah, well, he was swinging something in the movie. He was he swinging with Booster uh, <laughs> Gold. <laughs> he was swinging with Booster Gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll save that for, for Geeks on the Go. I have a question about Booster Gold. That's kind of interesting. But, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Now I'm the one coughing. Um, what do we think of the costume? What do we think of the costume uh, of the costume of Blue Beetle? And I'll say this: it looked clean. Yeah, it was very clean. I liked the look. I thought the look was really good, and the special effects for the powers. I thought it was so fucking stupid that it burns off his clothes every fucking time. Yeah, it made no sense. Uh, and, and by the way, and stayed on him when he got captured and depowered. Yeah, I'm like, how does that work? And only took off his head, the mask. mask yeah. like, it was, it was, that was so stupid. Like, yeah. In, in, in the comics, it goes over his clothes. And also, why would it burn off the clothes? Yeah. But the thing is, I like the suit in its design. And in the early parts, in the very start, I like the look of it and, and the whole general feel. The more I see him in it and the rubberiness of it, I don't like. And also, second viewing, I'm looking at this and I'm going, what is it about this suit not so much in a don't like. I'm like, why does it keep hitting me like I've seen this before? Iron Man? No. It's the mouth. Uh, no, 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 no. What I've seen before. Is I, I, I don't know how popular this was to see an audience out there. Whoever has watched its movie called The Giver, G-Y-V-E-R. Right. Literally, look up The Giver. Yeah. Look at his suit, and it's his suit. I'm not, not meaning it's identical. I'm saying the whole... The shiny, sort of metallic, even though it's not metallic, the rubberized, close fit. It is literally the suit of the Giver. Really? Yes. It, it, and I'm like, this is sad because that movie came out in 1991. 
I don't even remember the Guyver. Oh, there's three of them. Yeah, I believe there's three movies of the Guyver at this it's, point. It, and it also involves an alien. Uh, an oh, alien I see. Right, oh. right. So, sorry, wow. we're, we're taking a peek at it now. And am I lying? No. So, so, so you're no. looking at this 32 year old costume design at this point. I'm like, and I mean, and you can't say like, oh, well, it's shiny. It's got to cling. What are they going to do? Iron Man looked like metal. I'm not, and I'm not saying his is metal, but I'm just saying we have other materials that we can work for. They went for the spongy Godzilla rubber suit and put things over top of it. Mm. And the more I saw it, the more I stopped liking the suit because it really? looked like a wow. rubber okay. suit. Yeah. In the beginning, though, it looked really cool because it was just the way they shot it. You didn't get a lot of in-depth looking at the rubberiness of it. Yeah. You know? uh, I also didn't like, like they, they could have worked the, the mouth better. Yes. Cause like in, in ha, 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 ha. sorry, I'm sorry. Get your mind out of the gutter. Sometimes yeah. shameful. My Sometimes God. jokes right. Oh my God. What do you think this is? Episode sixty-nine. We are a very sophisticated and highly polished podcast. I apologize right now for the cap's rude and childish behavior. <laughs> That's a joke. Also, <laughs> uh, so like the it, he he couldn't open the, the mouth all the way, and it, and when he talked, it was like. One of those like puppets with the the, yeah. the small mouths. Yeah, because uh, I I understand it might be difficult to do that, but you could not with a hundred and four million dollar budget. Yeah, <laughs> very true, very true. But like, because I'm so used to in the comics, like it's literally like it's his mouth. Yeah, it's, so it's like and he, when he talks, you can see the lips clearly. Right, and it works. This they really didn't put much effort to it. They're like just tried to mimic little mouth movements and then it was so so weird because when he talked it's just like you know like he says words and it's just the lips moving inconsistently right which is which is like like you said either one of two either you make it a full-on mouth or you make it an iron man mask yes nothing wrong with that <laughs> i guess they they, they just didn't want to because his his face already kind of looked like deadpoolish right they didn't want to go to make it full Deadpool. Okay, no, that's, that's, that's I can see interesting. That. Um, uh, my problem, I, believe it or not, I was I can see what you're saying now, Mike. I didn't have a problem with the uniform. I actually kind of liked it. I think my problem was with the powers, mm-hmm. because and not that the powers didn't look bad. It was the idea of well, what can you do? And and the scarab tells him whatever you imagine. So all you imagine are knives and cannons. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> and staplers. Um, and, oh, and staplers, right? Severely underpowered too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, and I, and I, even in my notes I'm writing, I'm like, look, I, I, it's the movie's fault on this. You do not tell me. First of all, show me. First of all, you do not show me in the opening scene it blowing through a planet and blowing it up. Yeah. And then you don't follow that up with someone going, the Scarab is a world-ending device. And that's why he can't fight one man in a suit, let alone have trouble with your guards that have just regular body armor on. This is a world-ending device. Also, <laughs> you know? also, uh, they never establish it, but Jaime has zero fighting experience. Right. right. Well, you you knew at first she took over. Remember, she said like Kajada said like I, I'm taking over. That was you know? in the beginning. In the beginning. Oh yeah, in the beginning. In, in the beginning. Well, at the end, I because I, I when I watched it again, I said, oh, they fused now. Yeah. So I'm right. Like, so I'll, I just let him have it. I was like, okay, I'll let you have it. You fused. So you he's know? using her knowledge, but right. I'm like. Might as well just let, be like, listen, Kajita, take the wheel. Yeah, you got this. You you were programmed with. You're fighting a strong experience. black woman. Exactly. <laughs> you got it, Becky. I mean, Kajita. Love. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Becky G until we, I, I looked at the cast. I was like, that was Becky G. Love me some Becky G. Shout out to Becky G. If you ever hear this, please give me a call, Jessica. I'm kidding. <laughs> you can wow. call me. 
<laughs> oh, we call you? Yeah, Becky G can call me. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, you, you can lose my number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, there's a couple of things that, you know, because we're, we're talking about, you know, some of the things we saw, like the, the, the costume and the powers. The bug ship. <laughs> it looked cute. I mean, it was just adorable. It really was. Um, and that's where I'll end it. Like, like after that, it, it's just one of those. It really should have just sat. It should have been in the background and everyone saw it. And anyone that knows. In people, the cave. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it goes. And again, we all know people. And I've used this disclaimer a billion times. I know it's a movie. I know it's a comic book movie. Still. You know, I mean, the, the you know, Uncle Rudy. It's like, okay, I get that you're smart. This whole smart means I know how everything works. You're sitting in front of someone's computer of a person you don't know. It's got to be password protected. It's at least got to be DNA activated but so that maybe Jenny could knock it in. But, but I'm like, then you just get into his bug, never seen it, never seen anything like it in your life. And you're just click, 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 here we go. First, we're going. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it as long as the whole, it, it kind of goes back to, and I hate going back to the earlier point, but I feel like it ties in. The fact that it's inconsistent is one of the problems. If you make it silly and whatever and light, then you can get away with Uncle Rudy knowing how to jump, uh, uh, um, jumping into the into the bug and, and figuring that out, going into this place and figuring that out, and having a device to help them get in. Like all this stuff, Uncle Rudy was the was the it was the MacGuffin device basically. Right. He was the one that could fix everything and do everything and whatever you needed. So uh, no, he's the Dusex Machina. Dusex Machina. Sorry, wrong wrong, wrong reference. Uh, so um, for the uh, follow up. Uh, prequel sequel movie that will it, never be it, it's going to be uh showing uh rudy's training in the uh guy in the chair school it's, it's a whole school, <laughs> the whole school. De- dedicated for guys in chairs to build the devices for the superheroes so that's why he's very familiar with because it's a standard uh machinery kind of like you know thing it layouts you know batman uses the same stuff uh iron man and, and of course blue beetle you know ted cord uses <laughs> right. the same kind of schematic so of course he would know right how it works because he went to the school for the guys in the chair but that also by the way reminds me like it pissed me off when blah 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 blah, blah the blue beetle who okay palmera has one superhero yep and evidently he was did it for a few years enough that he stopped crime and did whatever. Name, I'm not talking to a five-year-old. Go to a 16, 20-year-old Zorro. I know something about him. Lone Ranger. I know something about him. Zorro was made 110 years ago. Lone Ranger nearly 100 years ago, like 90 years ago. And these are fictional characters. Yep. There's a real superhero in your town. I don't care if he's been gone for 10 years or 20 years. You're going to have heard of him. You may, you're not going to say like, oh, I saw, there's going to be news clips that are going to be brought up every now and then on some anniversary of something. There's going to be talked about on Dateline or on some news program. There's going to be toys of him. Everyone's going to be like, oh, I, you know, crime wasn't that bad when the blue beat. Like it just, right. wanted, it just rubbed me such the wrong way. I was like, no, you've heard of him. You have to have heard of him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but was he portrayed by Antonio Banderas? Uh, the Blue Beetle, no. Oh, see? <laughs> Would that have Probably. been a better movie? I mean... <laughs> Probably. I'm the Blue Beetle. <laughs> you who? So if you have on your bingo card, Ralph doing Mickey Mouse and Mike doing Antonio Banderas, you win the prize if you had that on your bingo card. I didn't have it on mine, so whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Also, what are the weird... This is like... Tell me how this statement hits you. Because it really, like... It made me rewind it and listen to it again because it still made no sense. Um... When uh, Rudy, Uncle Rudy sees the Blue Beetle costumes, and you know he's like, "Oh, you're you know Ted Corbin's Blue Beetle. That's cool." Da 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 da. And you know, she's like, "Yeah, he um, couldn't unlock the scare 
you know, on his own. So he made the Blue Beetle costume. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I haven't unlocked the secrets of the universe, but I didn't decide to dress up like Neil deGrasse Tyson and fight crime. <laughs> like, like it was just like mm, I'm not seeing this correlation it, here. It's one. It's once again a reach. Yeah. It's well, they reach. they mention um, Garrett. Garrett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, I, I would assume, was Blue Beetle before. Well, they don't say he was Blue Beetle. They just said that he that was kind of attached, attached, and he probably saw the costume. But my whole point though is, you're a scientist. Yeah. So you have no abilities. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm like. So I'm still not seeing how this correlates into him making a silly looking because he has the he has hard light technology, okay, which evidently doesn't really seem to exist anywhere because no one seems people seem surprised. I'm like, you either have hard light um, light technology or you have like some force field technology, whatever it is that he's able to make these things out of, like, which is way advanced, and you have a sewn together by your Aunt Hilda costume, like like no plating. Right, <laughs> you know, like nothing about it. I'm like, no, no, not seeing this. <laughs> um, in the comics, doesn't Ted Cord have um hand to hand combat training? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean the original, yeah. I mean they they made him more jokey as the years went on, and and they also, if you notice, he also gains a little bit more weight. Yes, yes, <laughs> as, as the, and the because we all know if you're overweight, you're funny. Um, or however that works <laughs> in comics, still in 2023, it works but, for this podcast. <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, but yeah, but, but I mean, before, yeah, he was. I mean, he wasn't Batman level, but he was supposedly, you know, he learned how to fight from experts. Blah 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 blah. blah. Right, because yeah, because again, remember when am I uh, uh, in the intro before the synopsis? The original Blue Beetle came out in 1939. Yep. How long ago was that after Batman? Not very much. No, right. <laughs> you know. Um, now let me ask you. Um, being that we're talking about fighting, let's talk about fighting real quick. How did you feel the combat scenes, or the fight scenes, or the battle scenes, or the gun scenes, all the stuff that required violence in action how'd you feel that was done i thought they were fine but repetitive it, it just felt like after a while i was seeing the same fight scene you know what's funny i i i, I felt like with some with some of them when they got when, when um when susan sarandon had brought the troops into jaime's house to mm-hmm. go try to capture the family and then jaime came in to kick their ass that part i enjoyed no I, that was so cool I, I was like okay this part of, but but i do feel like a lot of the same well it's because moves think used. about it like we only went from carapax to his first multiple fight after that it was multiple fight to carapax right and that's when it just felt like i've seen this all again it's like it was literally a mirror image and i've seen the exact same fight again yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's right yes that is called a palindrome oh yes it is oh look at you palindrome another accent what the hell now you've got three accent what are you talking about oh goodness okay <laughs> so um um so towards the end you know you have the family going with jaime to go save no, i'm sorry jaime goes into um jaime gets captured family go save me. That's what it is. That 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 direction. Family go save you. Go save <laughs> And um, but I'm sorry. Explain this because maybe this is what you're leading to. I do not understand Victoria Cord's uh, mission. She wants the OMAC because she wants data. Okay, and I, it's where I get lost. She has operational OMACs. So. She, so apparently it's not like fully 100% because remember when he's when he fights at the beginning mm-hmm. when he fights uh when Jaime fights right Carapax um, Carapax yeah. it's not like a full right suit. but it just feels like that's lazy on their side in other words you built 
you've built something that's making material out of nothing because that's not nanotechnology. It's just, it's just, it's thick metal. So you're building something out of nothing. The fact that you didn't build more out of nothing sounds a you problem, not a scare problem. Because also my thing was, it's you like, wanna, a, like, it's like, she, so they're ripping the code out of the, the scarab. And I'm assuming it's a big assumption. The carob, the carob, the caramel, the, the scarab. <laughs> oh, please sound like me now. Go on. <laughs> The scarab converts energy into matter. Okay. Right? And it, I guess the energy source within the scarab is sort of, right. uh, I, would, I wouldn't say limitless, but right. to, a, to a point. Right. Oh, well, it's world ending. And that's the code that she's take, She's taking the code to convert energy into matter. I guess so. And, and, and that's, I, I will give you that. But my thing is, she's not building an army to fight scarabs. Nope. She's building an army which, to make money. To make money and to, you know, whoever's going to be the highest bidder is going to rule. So, Carapax's suit prior to the final downloading. Right. Who's going to stop him? I'm, I'm not talking about superhero. I'm not talking about Superman pops in. I'm talking about an army. Yeah. No one. Nobody. In fact, he's taking, he literally is a one man army corps. Right. So, you have everything you need for what you need. Yep. I don't. That's and that's why I didn't understand the, the her her mission. I mean, yes, I understood her mission, yeah. but not to the point of what she wanted. If she if she said I'm trying to invade other planets that have so and so technology, get you. This is just to be. What's the, what was the what was the was Justin Hammer? You're you're just being Justin Hammer oh, um, from Iron Man. You know, like it's like you've already built everything you need. Yeah. You don't. You could just put like for his legs and stuff that was exposed. Just put regular armor plate, and you're good to go. One. <laughs> One would have to assume that the reason why it, I guess the initial prototype worked so well with Carapax was because he already had so many um, cybernetic replacements. Right. Right. So you could make the, the, the guess that the reason why she needs the full thing was so that she can apply it to people, to regular people without the cybernetic enhancement. I and suppose. it would just be... The, the one OMAC. Well, I suppose, but you know that requires telling us this. Yes. Because, I mean, it's not like she only had the one prototype. Right. Yeah, she she had, had the whole thousands yeah. of them down there. But Calipax was already, I guess he was like, it, it, it's like when you get a new computer, right? And you have um, additional hardware that you connect to the computer and you need to get the drivers, right? Mm -hmm. He already had the drivers pre-installed via uh, the cybernetic enhancements and that would allow him to, which allows him to operate the OMAC more or, or operate the OMAC right. at all. Right. But at the same time, that has, again, not been said because yeah. we don't know. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so her, that's what I'm saying. It's unclear what she needed the scarab for. Cause I'm like, well, you're, you, the, cause again, the way the movie just talks about it. Yeah. Cause your explanation was far better, but the way the movie talks about it, she's like, well, I need the information downloaded. And I'm like, okay, well, if I, if my computer, my regular laptop, I can download data about a nuclear bomb, but my laptop does not become a nuclear, nuclear bomb. bomb. Right. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, you're not going to make his suit the scarab suit. It's not because, I mean, again, if it does convert energy into matter, that's fine, but it's never been said. But yeah. so I'm like, so what is your goal in downloading this data? Because it's not making any sense of what you needed for. You already have an army weapon that will destroy any army with just one person. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What they needed was like literally uh, one or two lines of uh -huh, Sanchez going like, okay, now with this code, we're able to actually get people without right. so-and-so. Exactly. This, this. Just something, you know. And, and also we need early for him to be like, well, you know, until we get the full thing, we can't keep converting energy into matter. If that is what it does. You know, like, that's, that's what I need to know, you know. 
for the sake of time, I'm going to jump a little bit toward the ending because you're talking about a mess like in regards to explanations and making mm-hmm. things make sense. Did the ending make sense? Because you have, you know, like you said, the That's family comes in, family comes savvy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Family comes savvy. I want to try to misquote that. Yes. Um, and then, of course, you know. We'll put that on a t-shirt. Right, and then of course everybody. No, sorry, family go savey. Ha- family go savey. Yes. Grandma with the with, with the turret gun, mm-hmm. and um, the sister with the with no, the power a, glove. Uh, rail gun, sorry. It's a rail gun. Rail gun, no, not a turret gun. I, I, I was mistaken. Okay. Um, and then of course you have Jaime with his fight with Carapax, which we talked about earlier. And the booms. And the booms. <laughs> um, did it feel like it wrapped up? a little too neatly. It might kind of touch on this point in regards to Carapax. I've got this villain that's just as powerful as me, if maybe not, maybe even stronger, which I don't understand because... They grinched him. Right, but but it's like, let's see, Kajida, your world ending, and you're saying he's more powerful than you, but I explain? Uh, I don't explain. Okay, but I have this villain that is far more powerful than me, and I have an evil villainess that has no powers, Huh, how am I ever, ever going to get out of the situation without me becoming a murderer or something like that? Oh, I just let them kill each other. You Grinch him. Yeah. His heart grew three sizes that day. Ah. He grew a conscience and it's like, oh shit, yeah, I'm doing some evil shit to a woman who probably is the reason why my people are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll kill her now. I remember now. Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> they Grinched really? him. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I felt like, I mean, you know, once again, because I didn't take the movie as serious, I, I like the movie, but because I guess because I liked it because I didn't take it so seriously. It's not like Iron Man. It's not like right. a, a, a movie where I'm like, okay, it, they're they're a character that I'm invested in a lot. It's a character that I'm not as invested as a Latin but male. Is, sure, but this is supposedly your kickoff to a a whole new worldwide franchise and universe. You should care a little bit more. <laughs> well, I think the product was already done, and with the right. strike going on, they couldn't make any changes. Remember, the, the, you know, the writer and the actor strike was going on, so any changes they wanted to make, they probably couldn't. And the studio was like, "Let it rip, <laughs> let it go in." A whole new. Um. Uh, oh, I did want to mention. So I, go for I, it. I love, like, you know, so it's all done. People are dead. Blah 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 blah. I love how we cut back. I don't know if it's the next day. Or if it's days later, you have no oh, when, sense of oh, time. Oh, when they're the at the funeral? Yeah. No, no, not the funeral. When they're at the... No, no, well, when they're at the, oh, yeah. the It's funeral because they're all wearing black. Right, yeah. but it's funeral, but then also like the whole blocks together and stuff right. like that. I, so, I, the wake. Yeah. So you're like, okay, so the adventure ended with everybody together. I'm talking about like the whole family plus Jenny. Minus dad. Well, minus dad. I mean, you know, he's... Wow. You know, Listen, you got to do the math correct. <laughs> okay. He is the math guy. All right. The whole living family. Okay. <laughs> you know, and Jenny, um, who's super rich. And is now the only surviving court person, the person that we're aware of at this point. Right. Which was her uh, plan all along. Right. Which may, may have been, and, and that would have made a better movie. Um, <laughs> so, but I love that it ended, and then we're cut to, like I said, the wake and the whole um, place getting together. I'm like, so Jenny didn't offer to buy them a house? Or, she did. Or, she no, did. No, 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 no. She shows up. It's either the next day or days later. Remember, because we have no sense of time. We, we just know that it seems like everyone's okay. It's not like everyone's shell-shocked from the previous night's event. So she shows up and then offers to pay for that. So I'm like, when they're together. Oh, you mean like, right, right. right, right. In right. other words, when they go, think about this. They had to go, oh, we saved you. Our house was blown up in a fireball. We have no clothes. We have no food. And we have nowhere to live. At some point, she had to go like, good luck with that. And then came back. <laughs> And they somehow had clothes. And I'm like, well, 
what happened? Because now she's coming back like, oh, I bought you a car and I've got your house. And I'm like, I don't know. I, when did I, this happen? Yeah. So here's here's the here's what happened. All right. <coughs> Short oh. version, please. All right. All right. So they're in the uh, the beetle bug thingy majigger, right? They go, they fly back to the court abandoned mansion. They drop off the bug, right? Uh, Jenny says, well, that's my Uber. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> she goes away and leaves them all there stranded. They have to hitchhike back well, they to the city. Stayed. See, I think you're wrong. I think they came back in the bug. They landed. They all get out of the bug. And she was like, well, thanks. Bye. <laughs> and, she, and then she's 911. I have people here that aren't leaving. <laughs> or you could actually think logically for a second, even though I'm going to say a mic thing. You can't think logically. You got to spell it out for people because this is your movie. I think maybe it had to be the day or two after, but I think that she probably gave him somewhere to stay because she has that big that, that big mansion. But they seem surprised to see her. Yeah. Well, well she, okay, good. <laughs> go, goodbye. You know, okay, here's some clothes. All right. I mean, but, but, but again, so yeah. she offered not to buy yeah. them out. Like, like that's my whole point. Is like at no point they act like it's just like like when you watch a movie and like let's say if I if I was meeting up with the cap and I'm like, cap, something bad's happened. We've got to go. Um, you know, we've got to take this four hour drive. And as we're pulling in, so you know it's four hours later because I just told you four hour drive. I'm going. So let me tell you what's going on. And I'm like, so you're telling me for four, four hours, hours in that car, nothing, yeah. you talked about nothing at all, like. Oh, hey, Mike, what did you... Mm -mm. <laughs> well, isn't it? No, I can't talk to you. When we get there, I will tell you. You know, And that's what had to have happened. Is like, so no matter... Even if she did put them up for the night, she didn't offer them any kind didn't, of help. Didn't think about that, but it goes back to our point of inconsistencies, which right. is kind of like what some of was plaguing this movie. And what about the post-credit scene? Uh, Ted Cord is alive. <sighs> you knew it. <laughs> yeah, you knew, yeah it. you knew it from the very, very beginning. You know, You knew it, but... He's stuck in uh, in crisis. That's what it is. Oh wow, he's stuck in crisis. <laughs> you DC people, if you know, you know. All right. If anybody gets this, tell my daughter Jenny I'm alive and I'm still in that Whole Foods line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So, anything else we want to mention or add before we go to renaming and ratings? Uh, she could have bought Rudy a better truck. Yes. Probably one that's that, electric. That bothered me, yeah, because I was like, Rudy's was hooked up and the color was nice. This was kind of like blue, a little smaller, but you can't look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, but still, like, she could have been like, all right, Rudy, I'm, I want to buy you a truck. Which truck do you want? You know, here, look, I, I could give you the same one, but because you saved my life, how about I give you like the best truck ever? Oh, with, don't like, worry. Though. All the flicks. I did put everything. the horn in for La Cucaracha. Yeah, because you know you're Mexican. Because <laughs> like, his other horn showed up the same way. I was like, really? And, and also, <laughs> instead of like showing up alone, you should have showed up with like a whole like crew there to like take the rubble away and start building the new house. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This should have been a lot for me. This movie. And you guys, I, I forced you guys to watch a, a few uh, during the the pandemic time, but. And I've watched a ton, and, and hopefully, audience out there, you can kind of understand what I'm saying. If you if you watch these, this movie hit all the notes of a standalone, standalone, not franchise, a standalone foreign superhero film from the '90s. That's it. That's exactly to me what it feels like, and that's wow. not a good thing for a modern franchise. But it's literally what it felt like. Like think about some of the stuff that I had you guys watch. How the story is told. You know, like the resolution's kind of fuzzy because it's not ever going to be another movie made. Right. And this is exactly what this felt like, yet this is a franchise. <laughs> you know? Yep. All right. Ready? Yep. Renaming the movie. Ralph, you know I'm looking at you. What's the movie called in your eyes? 
Or your head. And your eyes. Wow. Blue Beetle. No, it's not La Cucaracha. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with Blue Beetle, a movie with a little bit of heart, but that heart squished at the box office like the pinche bug it is. <laughs> Mike? Jesus Christ. Didn't expect me to go there. <laughs> no. Uh, Blue Beetle, the beginning and end of a franchise. Wow. <laughs> All right. So now here comes the interesting part. Ratings for Blue Beetle. Ralph. Cap, six claws. <laughs> no. No. No, I said, I, I said Cap, six claws. <laughs> he's Be still likely. saying no. <laughs> no. I, I wouldn't say that. Not, that's not even close. No. Um, honestly, I would give it a five. Uh, horrible clothes ripping suit transformations. At, seen from the exorcist kind of a thing out of ten. Put those huevos away. Like it, it, <laughs> It wasn't a horrible movie, but it wasn't the greatest. I did enjoy some parts, and it was good to see Blue Beetle on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they could have done better. So it's I, I'll give it a five. Okay. Mike's joking around because I I am so positive about this movie. Not definitely not six club. <laughs> let's let's relax. Understand that I think it's it's a lot better than people give it credit for. And there's a lot other movies like people say the Eternals was great and the Eternals was not great. What? Who says that? I do. You, you say, say it's great. Eternals it was, was great. Eternals was all right. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying. No, no. What I'm saying. He was like, I do. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Listen, if you think it's great, I got a, a, no, a bridge no. to sell. Oh no, 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 no. All I'm saying is that I'm giving um, Blue Beetle. Six and a half of uh, I feel a surge of blood towards your mid region out of ten. <laughs> there are parts that, that are very inconsistent, and there were parts that were that that they were very problematic. But I think what they were trying to do, I like what they were trying to do, and especially as one of the only Latin heroes out there, it could have been much worse. It needs to be much better. But there were things that I enjoyed about it. Wait a sec, Jason Momoa is not Latin, Mike. <laughs> Mike. I give it four and a half world destroying devices having trouble fighting one guy out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mike left the left the movie theater thinking. But you you couldn't beat one guy? Nope. <laughs> Literally could have just shot some sort of energy weapon and blasted off the cybernetic yeah. parts. Well, I also love that um during their first fight, Carapax um took you know took down his helmet and then the blue beetle blasted him through everything. Yep. Helmet free. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> convenient he's got that same Lex Luthor helmet protection I guess right you know? so what they don't say is that there's an energy shield around his head yeah, they don't the, say a lot the metal part is just for show it's just for show all for show so there you have it Blue Beetle is it four and a half is it six and a half guys you gotta see for yourself but hey don't go anywhere Rocket Review that's next <laughs> Hi everyone, this is The Cap, here with another Rocket Review. Today, I'll be reviewing the Amazon Prime animated exclusive of Merry Little Batman, starring Luke Wilson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman and James Cromwell as Alfred Pennyworth. So let's get right into it. What do I say? What the hell did I just watch? Okay, so let's start off this way. It's an animated feature, so what's the animation style like? Imagine Mad TV or Mad um, Comic Books, you know, like like Mad Magazine. Imagine that art style. So not really meant to be taken seriously. Okay, that's fine. 
Um, and the story is, is based around Damien being left home alone while Bruce Wayne goes out and supposedly tries to fight a crime outside of the city, but the Bat villains are actually attacking Gotham. Now, in this story, supposedly, Batman has wiped out crime all through Gotham to make it safer for Damien. And supposedly after that, hilarity ensues. I'm still trying to find the jokes. Okay, I'm not saying that it's not entirely unfunny. I just feel like they try too hard, and I think that um, there are certain Bat references that they make that are cute, but it was done better in Lego Batman. And I know Lego Batman's a high bar, but if you're going to talk about Batman parodies or um, any kind of animated things that take a lighthearted look at Batman, there have been other things that have done it better, and this doesn't quite hit the mark. Is Damien more digestible in this version? Yeah, but then he's not Damien if you're doing it this way. So do I have my complaints about it? Yeah. When I watched it, I was excited, and when I was done, I felt like an hour and 32 minutes went by and had nothing to show for it. So I'm going to give Merry Little Batman five Bruce Wayne belts gifted to me that don't work properly out of 10. Yeah, that's my Rocket Review. And now, he's on the go. Go. Now for more Beatles. <laughs> more Beatles. Shout out to my daughter Riley who wanted to do the intro. But Beatles? Like the Beatles? Yes. Blue, green, Ringo, Paul, John. <laughs> I was waiting for Mike to have a joke about purple. You, the useless Beatle. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm too young to know who the Beatles are. Wow. <laughs> Remember the intro? You saw all the different colors. So hopefully, if there's a possible Red future and sequel. Yellow and pink yeah. and green. Okay, let's stop, please. All right, all right. Look at the other Beatles. You think they'll bring the black beetle out? Ooh. Yo, what's up around here, huh? <laughs> Where are all the white women? <laughs> wow. It's so, okay. It's okay. Mike is black. So, <laughs> how many times have you had to say that on this podcast? People are like, Mike's messed up. He's like, oh, it's okay. What? <laughs> oh, bless his heart. <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, all I remember is N-word John. If you don't know, if you don't know that episode one day, ask us and we'll tell you about it. But everybody, you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we pretty much make it under a minute every time we do it. But we try to be more challenging and they tell me to write shorter questions. We ask you to write none and shut the hell up. But, right. But we haven't gotten that far. We, we all have to have a segment. You have your segment. I've got mine. I'm just saying. That's true. All right. Ready? Set go. Would you have liked a booster gold reference included in Blue Beetle, Mike? No. Why ruin another franchise before it has a chance to start? Uh, well, because people are running to see booster gold, <laughs> Ralph. I would run to see booster gold in his own movie that's well written and not a piece of crap. Exactly. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Attacking me. All right. Uh, what do you think of this hero movie fatigue theory? Real or real BS, Ralph? It's real BS that. The writers aren't writing good scripts to give us good hero stories. Okay. That's the reason. Mike. It's real BS, but bad writing fatigue is real. Ooh. And with all the issues with Jonathan Majors, should Kang the Conqueror be replaced in the MCU? Ralph. If he gets replaced, it should only be by some sort of kick-ass, crazy, over-the-top villain that has a heart of gold. All right, Mike. Hell no. If nothing else, when the heroes see what he did to his girlfriend, they'll back off. <laughs> 
Talk about real villain art imitating life. And even with all those great answers, we still make it under a minute. No. Right. Yes. We get our celebration. Press the button. Yeah, let's get which, that going. I don't, I don't know what it is. I forget. Yeah, you forget. This one. There you go. It's this one. Go is ahead. that pink one? Is it that one? I don't know. Just well, press. We're it. still waiting. Yeah. We got other things to get to. Oh, he's pressing all the buttons but the button he whoops, needs. Whoops. Uh, Hold this on. Is our tech Come on. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, we're almost there. Is, is it? Is it? Is it? It's not even there. I think they, I have watched oh, the TARDIS program faster than <laughs> No, no. It's this one. Fuck you. <laughs> wow. Give me my celebration. Fine. Thank you. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. That literally is the example of ask for so little. <laughs> You're welcome. It, it, it doesn't take much to satisfy me. Wow, that's funny. Uh, let me ask you this: as an add-on to the to the last question for for um, Geese on the Go, you've heard. I guess you've heard the rumors about Jonathan Major being replaced. It's, it's still just rumor. His court case literally just started. But they're talking about in order to move on with the rest of the franchise. They're talking about. Because they're saying the way they wrote Loki, which we have to get into Loki, the way that Loki ended was written in a way where you can kind like, of push him to the side. Did you and they're talking about, Loki? Mm -hmm. Okay. And the, they're saying that the, the way they wrote it was a good way to put Jonathan Majors and that character to the side and introduce a new big bad, which would be, drumroll, Doctor Doom. Yeah, but the Doctor Doom is coming out of literally nowhere besides speculation. I, I mean, I it's, they could have because it's so weird that people are hyping. I'm like, but it's or not, but, any other villain, but it's, you know. But it's not speculation; it's insiders. Of the, insiders well, supposed to be the same thing is though. This, every time insider says like, "Oh, this is what they're saying," and again, we know they keep their stuff close to the vest. But um, what's his name? Uh, Faye, he keeps saying we're not replacing him yet. We, we've made no decision. It's like right. so. I'm like, yeah, this is just people having nothing else better to do. But, but I'm also not remember, saying but it also can't remember happen. The Fe Feige was also the guy that said, oh, no, there's no Andrew Garfield and no this, you know, it's just the same. Right, but I'm saying they keep their things close to the vest, but at the same time, it's like, eh, I, I'll see it when it happens. I was yeah. curious what you were thinking of, because I know you're, out of the three, you're the biggest Doctor Doom fan. Oh, I am. And, I, and I know that. It would also make no sense at this I point. agree. It, I mean, literally, you'd be better off not having an overarching villain at this point, if that's the case. If you got rid of him, and there's just no purpose, you know. Um, or, in all honesty, okay, what does Brie Larson look like in every other universe? Hot. No. In every other universe, Brie Larson's character, what does she look like? Hot. Black. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't have to be black. My whole point is she doesn't look like Brie Larson. So, hold, hold so, in other words, Kang the Conqueror can just be another black actor that resembles him a I, lot. Here's, here's the, <laughs> I was with you there. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was Screen Crush or if it was New Rockstars had mentioned that there is a clause in Jonathan Major, Major's Crush. contract, it's Screen Crush, yeah. that's Jonathan Major, Major's contract saying that if I'm playing Kang, no one else can play Kang. Which is Kang. smart. I mean, which is very smart. So then now you can't, so I thought the same thing, like, oh, you can get somebody but else to play I, Kang. But I, all, I can almost guarantee you, because it's, it is standard in almost any big Hollywood thing, there is a improper action so if you're arrested for abusing your girlfriend, your contract is null and void. You have brought shame, basically, to our project, so we don't have to honor. I, I almost guarantee you that no, exists. No, no, no. Oh, no, I hear <laughs> you. Know? I, I, guess, right. I guess the whole thing is, well, how long does Marvel wait? Because now this trial can go a couple of months. It won't, it won't, go, it won't go forever. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a simple... Um, it hasn't started yet. Yeah. No, it, it just started. I mean, it just started. Uh, but I'm saying, but it's, it's not... Like, trials aren't, like billions of years long they know like this an abuse type trial like this is going to take x amount of time and that's the time it'll take it'll right. probably take like two months max i would think maybe three at the very longest i only brought that up because Possibly i know before i only brought that up because i know that um i didn't like the idea of dr doom being introduced in such a very kind of 
a knee-jerk kind of yeah. a way. You want one of the best, and Mike's fucking loving this, the, one of the best villains in Marvel history. You want to take your time with that. You don't rush this. Yeah, you want him built up. I actually, I actually really would like... I mean, we know the normal... Um, well, we actually know how the normal uh, Fantastic Four goes. I actually would still like, instead of it being so cold and, and, and cut and dry of like, well, they got their powers and now Doom's a bad guy. Because again, in the comics, Doom does not get his powers from their mission as opposed right. to what they did in the Fantastic Four movie. I think I would like to see him still not be buddy-buddy, but still be a compatriot of theirs and watch his resentment grow. Yeah. Watch his evil just his, his absolute hatred of Richard grow. Yeah. I would love to see that. And I don't mean in one movie. Yeah. I'd like to see him. He can become Dr. Doom in the third uh, Fantastic Four movie, in my opinion. You know, like, I want to watch it grow so that when he finally starts to attack them, the, everyone, even though you know Dr. Doom's a bad guy, I want everyone to be like, oh, my God, that hurt. <laughs> you know? How do you feel about that, Ralph? Um, I agree. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree that they should... Write it well, build it up, start out with the friendship, and then some betrayal in his eyes. And also, if you want to make him the bad, like, like again, he doesn't have to be like, it's not saying, let's say, by the third movie, he becomes bad. Just No. Let's say after the first movie, you see the resentment, because now they've, not only has Richard, you know, outsmarted him and this, that, and the other thing, it's probably proven that, you know, Doom's thing was wrong, blah, 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 blah. And now they have powers. You, you've already start the resentment, but we don't see much going on. But, you know, of course, they're getting attacked by, you know, superpowered this or blah, 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 or criminals with great inventions that they seem to be getting attacked by. Who could possibly be supplying all these villains? And that's when you'll find out by the third, he has been for two movies, or a movie and a half, really, like... He's been after them slowly but surely. Nothing celestial, nothing galactic, yeah. but that he has been doing this for you know a while. I like that. There's a part of me also that wanted to tie in. You know how you talked about how Reed proved him wrong? They mm -hmm. had a theory and whatever it is that Reed proved him wrong. What if it was something that cost his, her, his mother her life? His mother, her life? Wait, wait. Doom's mother? Doom, Doom's mother, oh. her life. Because, you know, that's a that, that big part of Doom. But it would have to be that... Almost it, like Reed but, figures something out. Doom gets punished by his mother being sent to hell or whatever, whatever yeah. which can start him. Oh, that, was, and, I mean, that would be a big one. Yeah. A real place for to have motivation to be like, well, now really fuck you. Right. I mean, I can see that. I mean, well, especially again, again, make sure that it's clear that Richard's not responsible for her injury. Right. It's, right. it's just that Doom didn't listen. And, right. and of course, because he's a narcissist, he can't take the blame. It's still somehow Richard's fault, you know, or something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, I agree. I just, I just really, I want a slow burn, but logical. Like I said, like have him have people attacking them and then it's revealed mm -hmm. because again, I don't want super powered. I mean, I don't want power Dr. Doom. I want Dr. Doom mechanical, you know, mechanical wearing Dr. Doom. I don't want like, and now he suddenly has a power. It's like, no. So this whole time he's just been building this incredible suit and he's been gaining some magical knowledge. It doesn't have to go too far. because I, I think that gets a bit too much for the movie okay. theater, but with the magic, but I just think that would be a great buildup, you know? What if the magic is technomancy? That's eh, getting out there. It's the power to control machines. I mean, I don't know. I don't want Dr. Doom to have power. It, he doesn't, I mean, like I said, the magic thing came along later. It wasn't even originally, but it's like, He's just a force to be reckoned with. It's a, because imagine like he's building this suit. He's building this suit. Again, like I said, if you do it over time, he's building this suit after watching. Oh, how strong is Ben? Okay, I, I, I can't probably match it, but I can think of other things. Oh, Susan Visibility. How would I counteract that? Yeah. You know, you know I see. Like, like yeah. His, his suit is being built intentionally to beat to, them. To counter and right. beat the, the, the yeah. Fantastic Four. If his suit is so great, 
Why does it have eye holes with no glass or anything? It does you have see, glass. You see his eyes. Or sometimes it has glass. Sometimes it has glass. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he'll say, actually, and, even in the comments, it used to be like a shield would go down over that to cover those things. And why such sharp edges? You'd think he'd be able to make some like... Because oh, he's a harsh, so. sharp man. All right, all right. I think he's we, pixelated. Hey, he's, he's a sharp-dressed man. To You're the be, one that said you hate 8-bit. To be continued. We're going to we're gonna come back to this in a second because we know that when Dr. Doom comes out, it's going to be crazy. All right. Shout-outs. Gentlemen, what shout-outs do we have? Guys, I shout-out you guys here. I love you. I love you too, guys. I need you. I'm all right with you. Without this podcast, I would just be Ralph. Nothing. Nothing. Ralph, the tech. You know, Emma's for Marvel, shout out to Emma's for Marvel, hates your belabored approach. She's like, why does he take so long to say stuff? What? She always talks about. Are you talking about? I speak wow. at an appropriate pace. Wow. He, he speaks like William Shatner with a head injury. <laughs> With constipation, <laughs> I actually talk. Yes, Shatner. I think I think she was the one that called you the sloth from um from um Zootopia. Oh, <laughs> he's my boy. <laughs> Any other shout outs for you, sir? Um, anybody who's still listening? Thank Everybody, everybody's still, still listening. listening. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. It's it's the the brain fog. Right. Everyone who is still listening, thank you very much. We yeah. appreciate you, whoever you are. Let us know who you are. And you know what? I'm going to thank the people that just started listening because I know you're out there. I know you love us, and obviously you love me. Um, and but I definitely give a shout out to all of you lovely people. I want to shout out my nephew that just had his. I don't even how old is he now? Eight or nine years old? I don't. Even I, I want to say he's eight because I think he's Where's around he the same ten? age as Riley. Where's he? Ten? It might be. I think so. Yeah, he's, he's so. He just had his birthday. I'm excited about that. And he already has his driver's license. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a fake ID he showed me? Yeah. Oh. And a fake mustache. Happy birthday, <laughs> nephew of MFG. <laughs> but uh, other than that, everybody's out there listening. Please keep loving us. We love you. We really do. I'm yeah. not just saying that because I have to. <laughs> uh, you can put the gun away now. <laughs> you can reach out to us at uh, Meanwhile22PL on Instagram. Reach out and touch. Well, which reminds me, I got to talk to you about something after, after the show. Oh, oh, my goodness. It wasn't me. I probably wasn't you. I'll give my usual shout out. Shout out to everybody that um, always says, why is the, uh, another episode not out yet? So that's shout out to um, Emmons from Marvel. Shout out to Lady J. Uh, no, I'm going to leave Lady G last. She's like, you put me second. Um, <laughs> um, shout out to Tinkerbell and congratulations on your daughter graduating college. Yeah. All right. You can retire now. You are taken care of. No, now you can listen to more episodes, but she's still got three boys, so whatever. Man. Three boys to raise. I'm like, oh boys are easy. Yeah. Speaking of easy boys, shout out to Johannes. Johannes. <laughs> shout out to... Um, Mr. Cooper, a.k.a. Ivan, which I'm very curious if he's going to listen to this one. Probably not. He, he says if he doesn't watch or if he doesn't care, sometimes he'll, he'll, you know, listen. But if it's something that he hasn't watched yet and wants to watch, he won't listen to it. Also, he'll right. probably listen because he probably won't want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to Tom, Joe the Intern, um, jo um, JP DeShong. Um, of course, my, my 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 fellow podcasters here love you guys very much. Um, oh, if you're wondering, Big Kev, you're not loved, evidently. <laughs> I was getting to Big Daddy no, Kev. No, he wasn't. Big Daddy Kev. <laughs> and last but not least, Lady J. See, I left you for the end. See? Thank me later. Anyway, is that all we got? He left you at the end because he said you got a big caboose. 
That's why I'm with her. (laughs) (laughs) So for Mike, also known as Troublemaker MFG and RT Squared, Rob the Tech, this is the Cap saying keep it geeky, and we're not going to wait so long to do another one.